Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hi, welcome to another episode of SLP Talk Show. This is episode number 20. 20. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So I am Carrie, and I am here with none other than... Jim. Jim. That's me. Jim. Jim, Jim, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do you think? Should we do a little Stump the Chump or... Sure. What was yeah. the other name you came up with? Was it Stamp the Champ or did I... <laughs> uh, I, I, I... I can't remember now. Wasn't it something about the champ? Yeah, something like that. Um, All right. Well, we're going to... Champ or Chump. Oh, maybe that's that's what it was. Champ or chump? Oh, okay. Instead of stump the chump, it's, yeah. Are you the champ or are you the chump? That's champ what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and do this one. I haven't even looked at the answer, so we'll see how you do. Okay. Four questions. Okay. Number one: What is the sum of the three angles of a triangle? <laughs> the sum, like the actual total number. Oh. Uh... 180. Oh, very good. Very good. And I don't even have my little noise machine, so I'll just go ding, 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 ding. <laughs> or how about nailed it? Okay. All right. Number two, what quote do we associate with Uncle Sam? Uh, I want you. Hey, I'm impressed. And he's pointing his, and he's pointing his finger. finger at and you. And he's got his red and white striped pants on. Or his hat or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we all know that the Hindenburg caught fire, but what was the Hindenburg? It was a it was a blimp. Yeah, it was a zeppelin. Yep, mm-hmm. airship. Okay, yep. let's even go four for four. Mm-hmm. How do you say astronaut in Russian? Cosmonaut. Wow! All right, you are the champ. You are not a chump today. No chump today. No chump today. <laughs> and you know what tonight is? Trivia. Trivia. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna go. We go to okay. the local pub and play a little trivia. And as I always say, Jim is the answerer and my competent role is as scribe <laughs> i unless the questions have to do with sometimes there's games and toys questions yeah and i do pretty true. good with that and sometimes there's vocabulary questions and i do pretty good with that yeah and if there's you know some sort of uh, movie genre that you're or show yeah shows that you're very familiar with yeah i'm not very familiar with much because i'm not a big tv person or movie you've answered person. some of the sports questions too yeah they, they I'm, I'm okay good. every now and then i usually can answer maybe would you say on average maybe two or three per game, and then you usually get the rest? But that's okay because we're a team. It's all yeah, about it's, a team effort. It's a team right? effort. Yes. There's no I in team. No. All right, let's do this. So we are going to continue talking uh, about the world of early intervention, the birth to three world. Okay. Uh, Jim has supported me uh, as I've been an early intervention provider for what over two decades mm-hmm. now, yeah, and so. It's been a while. He kind of knows about some of the changes that happened. I've kind of seen uh, in this evolve. Uh, when I first got into early intervention, it was very much following the medical model where I would bring in a bag of toys. I would have, in essence, a therapy lesson plan. I would sit down on the living room floor, dump the clinic out on the living room floor, and basically work my quote-unquote magic. And where was the parent during this time? 
sitting on the couch. Sitting probably. on the couch, or maybe they had excused themselves to go shower, or um, you know, maybe they're in the kitchen, you know, doing you know, something, returning emails, you know, right, whatever, whatever. doing whatever. Catching so up on stuff. yeah, it was um, around 2007. It took a few years between 2007 2009 here in our home state uh, of Missouri, where we had a big paradigm shift and we moved away from this direct service delivery model into more of an interactive model where we partnered with parents Mm -hmm. and the emphasis of our early intervention visits uh, is now on uh, coaching parents. And so what I thought we'd talk about today is the fact that parent coaching is not the same thing as parent education. Because I sometimes think there's this idea that, oh, I'm just going to you know, educate parents and then they're going to somehow be able to translate that new knowledge into practice right. as, as a parent. So it's mm-hmm. it's not enough. Um, what we've learned over the years, like, I don't know, do you remember when, you know, our kids were very young and we would take them for their well visit checks at the pediatrician's office right. and they would give us handouts like, oh, here's what a nine month old baby should be doing, you know, and it was mm-hmm. a, or here's some potty training tips or, right. right. So when you think about parent education, it, the, the information tends to be fairly generic in right. nature, meaning it has nothing to do specifically with your concerns or your child. It's mm-hmm. just in general, here's some parenting information. So like I just, before we sat down here, I just went and printed off some random random, I don't even know who this company is, some random parent education handout. And it says, encourage your child's learning. Um, Do a play activity and read with your child every day. Support and encourage your child's ideas and persistence with an activity. Be enthusiastic. Um, You know, uh, so I'm like, okay, those sound great. I mean, they're very like inspirational. Mm -hmm. But if you're a parent of a child with a disability, so you, your family is receiving early intervention services, right. do those generic tips really help you? Like, you know, you think about us with Aaron. You know, Aaron is autistic, and when he was a right. toddler, if somebody would have said, do a play activity and read with your child every day, you and I would have been like, well, but when we try to sit down and play with him, he walks right. away. I mean, right. he doesn't, you know, he or he leaves the toy and just gets right. up. And, and so, like, you can't just give parent education tips and think that and call that parent coaching so that's what i really wanted to dig deep yeah is parent education is lovely and a non-skilled professional can give parent education Mm -hmm. meaning um someone you know can can leave generic parenting tips but what i want to talk to you about is actual parent coaching okay and so um coaching is more than education, right? It's more than just simply educating parents and caregivers. So here's some examples of parent education. Uh, Like I said, pediatrician provides a handout on expected developmental milestones at a well baby check. The early intervention provider tells parent a strategy that could help with language development. So like a generic strategy that we as speech language pathologists Mm -hmm. give parents is, oh, I want you to use self-talk and parallel talk. So here's what I mean by that. Um, Self-talk is where you describe what you're doing as you do it. So maybe as your child is nearby you say oh I'm putting on my shoes now I'm putting on my coat or Mm -hmm. I'm cooking dinner right so it's self-talk that's lovely um uh uh, parallel talk is where you describe what your child is doing as they do it oh you're you're playing with your trucks you stacked the blue block right so it's those are those are generic educational strategies but if all we do is share the strategy and don't practice it and give feedback as the parent is doing it, then mm-hmm. the parent doesn't actually learn the skill. 
Okay. Right? So we have to dig a little bit deeper. Okay? Another example of parent, uh, you know, providing parent education, maybe your neighbor, your well-intended neighbor, neighbor gives you a, um, a book on potty training. So all of these examples are well-meaning. Each one serves to educate the parent on some aspect of child development. And that's all great. But the information is generic. And so it may be difficult for the parent to put into practice. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's parent education. So now let's talk about parent coaching because it is so much more than parent education. Coaching is an interactive process between the early intervention provider and the parent or perhaps the caregiver. It's not right. always a parent, right. right? That ultimately serves. This is the purpose of parent coaching to increase the parent's capacity to support their child's learning and development during everyday routines and interactions. So we always say that early intervention is a capacity building program. I just okay. love that term so much, right? I, maybe I even mentioned it in the last in the last episode. But um, when we talk about capacity building, when I first heard that term, I thought, oh yeah, we're building the child's capacity to learn and develop. No, no, no. When we say it's a capacity building program, we're there to build the caregiver, the parent's capacity mm-hmm. to support their child's learning and development. Okay, so. Um, you know, one of my favorite sayings is it takes two to tango. So as the early intervention provider, I serve as the expert on child development. Okay. The parent serves as the expert on their child, their child, right. Also their family, their routines, their culture, Mm -hmm. their concerns and their priorities. It's so important to recognize because what often happens, parents do this all the time is they will defer to the early intervention provider is the expert because mm-hmm. we'll be asking them, well, what do you want us to focus on in our sessions together? You know, what right. do you want us to write? What kind of outcomes should we write on the plan of care? And the parent will often defer and say, oh, I don't know. You're the expert. That's why you're here. I don't know anything about X, Y, or Z. That's why we brought you in. But so whenever a parent defers to me, that's why I always say, oh, you're right. I am the expert on child development, but you're the expert on your child, right. your family, your routines. When I think about routines, like every family... When they wake up in the morning, right, they have a different schedule, if you will. They engage in different routines. There are general routines that all parents of young children have to engage in, like diaper changing, dressing, Mm mealtime, right? But the rest of the, the day looks a little different depending on... Who all lives in the home? You know, right. how many other kids do you have? Are you caring for an aging parent? You know, do you work outside the home? Do you yeah. have an in-home daycare? Just where you go yes. and what you do. Exactly. Where you different. go, that's a great way to put it. Where you go and what you do is different from what your neighbor does and where your neighbor goes, right? right? So that's what we mean by, you know, you're the expert on your routines. So I can't say, well, when you um, give him a bath, do X, Y, or Z. What if your child showers or, you know, likes to take a shower? Maybe he's scared of the bath. So I can't say when you do X, do this. I first have to know, do you do Mm -hmm. this? You know, when you read books with little Joey, do X, Y, and Z. Well, what if you don't read books to little Joey? Do you you see what I'm getting at? So we can't assume that we know what you do. So we have to know the family's routine and the parent is the expert on their routine. So coaching is not just giving generic milestone information. It's not giving basic parenting tips. While this information may be helpful for parents of children who are developing on track, if you will, who are meeting all of their developmental milestones, for infants and toddlers who are struggling with their development, their parents and caregivers are going to need individualized strategies based on specific strengths, interests, 
and needs of their child and of their family. And you're not just going to be able to tell them these things. You are going to have to show them and then you are going to have to have the family practice them in your presence. So um, there are five specific features of parent coaching that I thought I would talk about today, okay? Because coaching is easier said than done. And I promise you, it is not easy to go from providing all the therapy materials, sitting down on the floor, and doing a one-on-one therapy session with a child, right? That is what we are trained to do as therapists. Mm -hmm. But when you take away the toy bag, when you take away the lesson plan, and you go into a home, and you start working on the interaction between the parent and the child, it can get a little awkward, Mm -hmm. right? Because uh, you have to make sure that everybody's on board. Parents need to know why you're there. So this all has to be explained up front. Don't you think that it's easier or or maybe therapists, they get, they kind of have their routine. Yeah. Or they kind of have their, you know, how they want to handle this or that. Mm -hmm. And you get into that. Well, it doesn't always, when you're talking specifics. Right. You can't really do that, you well, know, because you're talking about that child who's that different family. from the other family you That's just right. came and saw. Well, and so. think about this, Jim. Think about how much easier it is to dispense professional recommendations than it is to ask an open-ended question. Right. Because what happens when you ask an open-ended question? You don't know... What the answer is going to be. How they're going to respond. Right. That's exactly right. So right. it's so much scarier, if I can use that word, scarier for the provider to ask open-ended questions because you don't know where it's going to go. So you're like, what if I don't know? What if I'm exactly. not prepared? Yeah, yeah. Right? so there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of anxiety, I would think, to Absolutely. be attached to that. Absolutely. Especially, um, you know, if you are maybe viewing yourself as not as knowledgeable sometimes, you know, about certain things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you're like, oh, please just don't go there. Just don't ask me about... Right. Right. This this or that. So that is why and, and I will say it is okay to say, you know, that's a great question. I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research. I'm gonna ask my colleagues and we're gonna yeah. talk about that next we'll week. Let me out. make some notes right now. So I, I remember. think that's okay for them to and say. And you it have too. to say that with confidence. Like right. that's one of the, the things about being um, an early intervention provider. We have to be very well rounded, meaning we have to understand all areas of child development. So mm-hmm. I'm a speech language pathologist, but I am a very well rounded speech language pathologist because I have spent um, you know two decades working with occupational therapists and physical so therapists. So the experience yeah. is what has yeah. made you well rounded. Absolutely. And Absolutely. The, you know, you're continuing um, push for um, to educate yourself. Right. Professional so, development. So um, yep. yep. those two things are, are what makes you well-rounded. Well, if you're a year or two in. maybe mm-hmm. in or maybe just out of school, you don't have that to rely on. Right. The experience piece. The experience yeah. part. So it can it could be a, a daunting task. It I, can. I, I, and that's you know, why I, you I have to. see how that would be very make you very anxious. Yeah, so you have to be okay with saying, you know, that's a great question, I don't know, but let me check with my colleagues. And because you're gonna have colleagues who are more well-rounded, you know, who are more well-experienced, I guess. So you can have that conversation that I don't know right now, but we're gonna find out. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm gonna get back to you on that. So it is okay to do that. But I wanna talk to you about the five features of parent coaching. So the first one is conversation and information sharing. This is an actual (laughs) coaching strategy. And this is one that um, it is okay to simply um, share your knowledge, right? Because parents don't know what they don't know. So you're going to come in with a skill set and it is okay to share knowledge. Like um, information sharing that a lot of times as early intervention providers that we like to give families is that um, overuse of containers, keeping a baby in a car seat too long, you know, mm-hmm. keeping a baby um, immobilized in a container for extended periods of time can actually inhibit development, right? 
children need um, to be able to have access to movement when when their body says they mm-hmm. need to move. And right. so, um, you know, we can provide education uh, about some of the parenting tips, if you will, like we talked about. But that's not, you can't end there. You can't just provide basic parenting information. But we can share information, evidence-based information. We also can have a conversation. Since the parent is the expert on their child, their family, their routines, their culture, their concerns, and their priorities, we want to spur back and forth conversation. So if I want to actually have a conversation with basically a stranger, you know, with somebody Mm -hmm. that I'm just getting to know, is it fair to say that yes, no questions aren't going to do that? No, because you're not going to get them to expand on anything. Right, right. If you ask questions that only require a one-word response, how are you going to keep the conversation going? Uh, The other thing about asking a lot of yes, no questions or questions that only require one-word response is it starts to feel a little bit like an interrogation. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, so we want to limit the number of yes-no questions. Instead, we want to ask open-ended questions related to the caregiver's concerns and priorities, okay? Now, in this uh, strategy of conversation and information sharing, feel free to use handouts. You know, I have a whole set of parent coaching handouts, but you're going to use one handout, and you're going to use that handout only as talking points. So it gives the parent something to look at, right? It allows Mm -hmm. you to kind of be systematic. It, It doesn't require you to rely on your memory. So you can use handouts at this point but then you're going to practice what's in the handout right that's the key is you're not just going to say oh read this handout when you have a chance okay it is going to be something related to a concern or a priority that the parent has and so um, another thing that we can do when we're uh, in strategy one which is conversation and information sharing is let parents know about community resources. Oh, did you know they just built a new splash pad at that park? I know it's been really hot, and so, you know, there's a new splash Mm -hmm. pad. Or I wasn't sure if you knew the library had um, a summer program. Right, so it's just, you know, you can share information like that. So that's the first strategy, conversation and information sharing. The second component of parent coaching is modeling with an explanation. So what we as uh, early intervention providers uh, have always done, I think, is sat on the floor, played with the child, you know, used our own strategies, modeled for the parent, but we often didn't tell parents what we were doing or why. Mm -hmm. So there was this assumption that parents would observe us and then be like, oh, so I just need to talk like Miss Carrie when I'm interacting with my child, or I just need to sit on the floor more, or I just need to, you know, offer a choice of two items, right? So what we now understand is it's really hard for adults to learn through osmosis. Mm -hmm. So what parents would often say... It's hard for anybody to learn. Yeah, absolutely. To just observe with no explanation as Mm -hmm. to why they're doing what they're doing, right? This is why parents will often say, oh, we really like our early intervention provider, but all they do is just play with my child. Mm -hmm. Well, because if you're not explaining what you're doing, it looks like you're just playing, (laughs) right? 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 You're not just playing. You're embedding skilled strategies into that interaction. We use play as the medium often to teach a new skill because it's intrinsically motivating to the child, but we have to make sure that we're explaining why we're doing what we're doing and don't you think when you do that that now that play you know with air quotes Uh play is now 
more valued by the parent because now they understand that you yes. have a strategy behind what you're doing. And, and let's be clear that whatever strategy you're using during play, those strategies, those same strategies should be able to be used during other routines, during mealtime, during bath time, during hanging out time, right. when you're running errands, when you're going for a walk. So you can expand on yes. it. You can say, okay, these, yes. these are the different areas that you can always do these things. Exactly. Right? I'm just modeling it for you during play because he's interested in this fire truck right now that he mm-hmm. has or he's interested in these blocks or you know whatever it is so we talk about modeling with an explanation i would call that purposeful modeling so you can give it a name right okay. so you're modeling with intention so i might say to the parent oh he just brought me this book so since he brought it to me and not the parent i'm going to go ahead and do this interaction with the child because he put it in my lap so i say oh he just brought me this book so i'm gonna um read it to him and i just want you to watch and listen to how I read it. And then when I'm done, we'll talk about the strategies I used. Because if I, if the child's ready to go and I start telling the parent all the strategies I'm going to use, I will lose the child, right? So sometimes you have to just tell parents, just watch and listen to how I read the book. We'll talk about the strategies when I'm done. So as I'm reading the book, you know, I'm doing my strategies. And at the end, I'll say, so what did you notice? And mom might say, or dad might say something like, well, I noticed you didn't make him sit on your lap. Okay, so that's great. I'm really glad you noticed that. Allowing him to stand in front of me and holding the book under my chin, what it does is it draws attention to my mouth and how I move my lips and my tongue. It allows him to respond to my emotions as I'm making sound effects. And allowing him to stand allows him to move a little bit because Mm -hmm. I know you said he doesn't like to sit. Oh, no, that boy doesn't like to sit still for anything. So if you make him sit on your lap, Mm -hmm. then he's going to view story time as negative, right? Yeah, and he wants to escape. Exactly. So that's modeling, um, you know, kind of um, with intention and then talking about it afterwards. I also could model with narrative, which is where the child brings me the book and I just start going. And I say, so I open the book and I say, the reason I'm holding the book here, Mm -hmm. right? So it's in the moment. And then maybe we read a page and I say, did you notice I didn't read every word on the page? That was intentional because if I were to read every word, I think he would take off. So the reason I don't like to model with narrative very often is I lose the child in that moment. Right. Because if um, I'm, I stop to kind of coach the parent on the strategy I'm using, the child may be like, oh, you're going to talk to my parents. So they walk away. So I usually like to either model with intention where I tell the parent what to look for. And then when I'm done, we talk about it. You can also model with reflection, which is kind of where I do it. I don't say much to the parent during it. And then afterwards I go, what did you think? How was that same or the same or different from how it looks when you do it? Mm-hmm. Right. So just know that purposeful modeling looks the most like direct therapy because you're actually interacting with the child during purposeful modeling. Because the the whole point of this is to model it for the parent. But this is not coaching unless you are interacting with the parent, either before, during, or after that purposeful modeling. Okay. Okay? So that's the second feature. So we have conversation and information sharing. We have modeling with an explanation. The third um, component of parent coaching is guided practice with feedback. So now it's a joint interaction with the with the child and the parent, right? So mm-hmm. the parent and the child are interacting and I'm joining them um, or the parent and the child interact and I'm just going to simply observe okay. in that moment, okay? But the feedback is is really critical. So once um, uh, that interaction is, is either happening, once it's happening or once it's over, um, I'm going to provide feedback. So it's kind of like on-the-job training. Mm-hmm. So maybe the child decides he wants a snack during our visit and so the parent goes all right buddy do you want you want an apple and the child eh, you know and and right. so that would be a time where i might say oh you know 
when you're offering a snack, this would be a great time to offer choices. Oh yeah, I always forget to do that. So see, in the moment, I just say, because the mom said, do you want an apple? Mm -hmm. Right? That's not a great language strategy. A better language strategy is to say, do you want, so you're pretty sure he's going to want an apple because he loves apples. So maybe you say apple first. Do you want an apple or you know, raisins, right? Right. Whatever it is. And so what we want is, and you could either hold up the item. So let's say the child doesn't doesn't talk, can't make a verbal choice. Then I would show the parent how get the two items and hold them up and allow the child to use gestural communication. That's still a really effective form of communication. So that's going to be guided practice with feedback. The fourth component of parent coaching is called guided problem solving. So this is where the parent and the EI provider collaborate and work together. What they do is they reflect on what worked, mm-hmm. what didn't work, and why. Okay. Okay, so it's about really reflecting. So let's take go back to the book reading example. And the parent says, "Wow, he's never let me read uh, an entire book to him." You know, you right. I can't believe he let you finish that entire book. And I say, "Well, why do you think that, that book reading activity went so well. So instead of me telling them, see, mm-hmm. I'm going to make them reflect, right? It's okay. about, and this is part of what we do through parent coaching, is we build um, the, the, the ability to reflect on what works and why, what didn't work and why. Mm-hmm. The real two components of coaching are um, reflect and refine. The first thing I'm going to do is ask parents to reflect on what's working, what's not working and why. And then I'm going to ask you to refine your current parenting practice so that it is more effective. So what if the parent doesn't really understand why it worked this time. Okay, so that's a great question. So if I had an effective reading the book time with the child and it went well, story time went well, Mm -hmm. and I asked the parent to kind of reflect on that, you know, why do you think that that uh, went well? Yeah, and they 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 didn't really know. And they they say, I don't know. Or they go the wrong or they say the wrong thing. Right. Well, and there like is, that. yeah, yeah. So if they if they don't know why it was effective, normally when they read with their child, it's not effective. So they've kind of given up trying to read to their child. I have a successful story time with the child and they and I ask them, what did you think about that? You know, and, and why do you think that was effective? And they say, I, I don't really know. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually tell them what the strategies were, right? Okay. So yeah. if the reflection doesn't work, because with some parents, they won't know. They won't, they won't have any clue, right? right? So what I would do is I would just tell them, maybe Maybe the, the three main things that I did, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't make him sit down, right, and 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 uh, uh, be still, right? I allowed him right. to stand and kind of meander around and wander around. Um, maybe I didn't read every word on the page, and mm-hmm. so it kept his attention longer. I just described the pictures instead of actually worrying about the words on the page. And maybe I tried to make it more interactive, like maybe um, I sniffed a flower on the page, or maybe I knocked on a door on the page. So yeah. those are strategies that come very natural to a speech language pathologist. Right. But those strategies right. may not be anything a parent would ever come up with on their own. Okay. That's so yeah. Awesome. So yeah. yeah, if the parent says, "Well, I have no idea. I just know he's never let me read a book to him." Right. Then, well, let's talk about. It. I want to share with you the strategies that I use, okay? okay? So that is such a great segue because we've reflected, right? We've talked about the strategies, why they were effective because he doesn't like to sit still because he mm-hmm. doesn't have a long time on task, you know, whatever, um because he's really interested in the pages that have the big truck on it. He really likes trucks. So if 
if the page doesn't have a truck on it, he's not interested. So what's our strategy? Let's skip the pages that don't have trucks on it, right? right? We're only right. talking about the pictures anyway. So it allows us to be, I don't know, a little more flexible. And we just want to coach parents on how to do that, okay? So what we're going to want to do, though, is then allow the parent to try to read the book. If the child wants to read it again, mm-hmm. part of this is then, well, he's bringing me the book. I would love it if you would you know, right. do it with him now. And here. I'm going to try to kind of step back because mm-hmm. it doesn't do any good for me to model it if the parent doesn't also practice it. Right, or if they don't feel comfortable, comfortable trying doing what it. you're and doing. And what some parents will do, you have to be okay with this, is they'll say, oh, no, I don't want to do it now because they feel like they're being put on the spot. So mm-hmm. it, you have to be okay with giving very clear, very precise, you know, agreed upon strategies and the parent may practice it when you're not there. But then, and so that leads us into the fifth um, component of parent coaching which is application. We have to actually talk about um, when you're going to, you know, embed these strategies into your daily routine so that it gets practiced, not just when I'm here, right, Mm -hmm. but when I'm not here. That's what's most important. So I always kind of wrap up every session with one question. Based on what we've talked about or practiced today, what do you want to focus on until I come back? Okay. That's how I wrap up every yeah. single session because now I'm putting the parent on the spot. And so again, if the parent goes, oh man, we talked about a lot. I don't know. You have to be prepared to summarize two, no more than three strategies that you talked about. Well, I know we spent quite a bit of time talking about reading to him. Oh yeah, that's the one I want to do. I want to I want to work on reading because I really think it's important that I read to him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't let me. Right. So, okay. So you want to focus this week while until I come back next week or in two weeks or whatever on reading to him. Okay. So what strategies specifically, let's just pick one or maybe two of the strategies we talked about. You can review them for the parent if you need to, you know, right. to summarize them. Again, yeah. we don't want parents to be hung out to dry. Like where you ask them this right. open-ended question and they're like, uh, I, I don't, I, uh, you know, we don't want that. So summarize them if you need to and say, what's one or two of those strategies that you would be really comfortable trying? And and so maybe the parent goes, well, I think I really like the idea of not reading the words on the page because a lot of our books have a lot of words and mm-hmm. I just think that turns him off. And then I think I'm going to stop making him sit on my lap, you know, yeah. on the chair, on the couch. Okay. So this is called creating the joint plan. And this is how every early intervention session should end is creating the joint plan. It is not leaving homework. Early intervention providers should not leave homework because homework is where you instruct the parent on what they are to do. It is not interactive. It is not a collaborative plan. It is where I am the one in charge and I leave you something to work on. And that is that right. is very almost condescending. Okay. So we don't leave homework. We create a joint. See, that's the key word. Joint plan. A joint plan right. where it is agreed upon between mm-hmm. the EI provider and the parent or the caregiver. Okay, so these are the strategies that we, we came up with two strategies. When are you going to try this? Is it going to be every day? Is it going to be a certain time of day? So you have to nail it down. A joint plan is specific. So a joint plan is one or two specific strategies used during a specific routine or time of day. So the mom wow. says maybe okay. it's that specific, right? Yeah, and that's, that's all I'm leaving them. I'm not leaving them a laundry And that's so different list. from what you were describing before as parent education. Yeah. You're not giving any of these no. specifics in that. No, so and that's this why is, This is really pinpointed and 
I think that's why it's so helpful. It's why it works. Yeah. That's why coaching works because you're giving specifics. You're not just being generic. You're not right. being um, giving an overview, giving some tips. You know, mm-hmm. that's not specific enough. It has no. to be embedded so that the, I actually use, and Jim has it in front of him here, but it is a yellow sticky note and it has lines on it. And this is the size I use. What, what size would you say that is, Jim? Like four by six? Four by six. Yeah. Yep. So it's like a four by six a sticky note. And I will just jot down the joint plan on there. So it'll be, um, okay, so during story time, so when is that? Are, I know you said you usually do it at night before bed. Are mm-hmm. you wanting to try this during the day? Or, no, I just think I want to do that, you know, in the evening, you know, kind of as we're getting ready. Okay, so we, we've we identified at bedtime, when, you know, during story time at night, or, you know, after, before nap. Maybe she says, maybe I'm going to try it during nap, you know, before mm-hmm. nap. Whatever it is, you're going to write down what the routine is, and then you're going to just put the two strategies. So when reading books to... Joey, you know, whatever the child's name is, um, number one, uh, you know, allow him to stand and move around as you read. Number two, um, talk about the pictures on the page instead of reading the words. All right. So whatever it is. And so I call this the yellow sticky note. And so the most important part of the joint plan when I come back for the next visit, after we do our, our you know, greetings and how was your weekend and all that, the very first thing I ask is, so how the how the yellow sticky note go? Because mm-hmm. I actually refer to it okay. as the yellow sticky note because every session ends with creation of the yellow sticky note, which is the, the joint, joint plan, plan right? right? And so um, I think what we could do maybe next time is talk about how to get follow through because I have great strategies for getting follow through mm-hmm. um, to make sure that, you know, the strategies that we agreed upon are actually um, being implemented into daily routine. Routine. You so, know, I'm a pretty good actor, so maybe you could, you know, I can play a role. Hey, I love that. Let's do role play next time. Okay. I'll be the EI provider, yeah. you be the parent. Oh, yeah. stay tuned for episode 21. That'll yeah, be I awesome. Act, I act like I know what I'm talking about a lot. Yeah, so. and it's good. It's, not it's good. That big of a stretch. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, well, thanks for listening to another another episode of SLP Talk Show. I hope you found this information on the difference between parent education and parent coaching helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. As you head back to the real world, take time to reflect on the blessings in your life. Remember to practice kindness and acceptance. And if it is that time of year, please get your mammogram early detection. It certainly saved your life. I know it saved mine. Take care, guys. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.